You're now listening to the Hot Take Podcast with Stephen Blake, your source for everything fantasy football. Here are your hosts, Stephen Taroni and Blake Sullivan. Welcome to the show. This is the Hot Take Podcast. It is week two, and what a week one. We have a lot to talk about today. Uh, we're going to talk about a few of these teams, uh, kind of our takeaways from it. We're going to get into your waiver wire targets. Um, we're going to talk a little start sits and uh, get into a couple of the questions that we got on Twitter. Uh, we got a jam-packed episode. What's going on, Blake? Just, uh, a, just a quick recap of uh, week one. What are your thoughts? <laughs> week one was wild, man. I didn't have like a – a really good chance to digest it because obviously I was flying out to Vegas. So things were kind of tough for me because Thursday I had to fly out while my Packers were playing. Uh, I was actually really happy with being delayed in the airport because I was sitting there watching the game on the TV. Uh, yeah. I was thrilled that they were playing that in St. Louis. They're playing a Chicago team uh, in St. Louis. I was loving that. Uh, but, you know, it kind of sucked too because the game was bad. Uh, I was able to actually watch on the plane. It was kind of cool. There was some Bears fans sitting behind me, so we were kind of jawing back and forth and, you know, having a good time with how bad both of our teams were playing. So I guess Um, we can can maybe start there. Like, what was your takeaway from this Bears offense? You know, we've talked a lot about David Montgomery, and obviously, to me, Matt Nagy just seems to be – he's thinking too much. He's thinking too hard about it. He should just be using his best players. And he even said that. He even said that after the game. He said he'd never had a game where he had called it like he did. He mm. said that he, he, he felt out of his body almost. And, you know, I think part of that has to do with Mitchell Trubisky only played three snaps in the preseason, I believe. Uh, so a lot of the time during the preseason, he didn't have that personnel on the field. He didn't have that chemistry between all of those players. He didn't get a chance to see how that was going to work. Obviously, he's got a lot of young receivers with Anthony Miller. Allen Robinson's only been there a year. Uh, Trey Burton was out, so that provided another kind of challenge, uh, not having one of your guys. And then he did work in Mike Davis, uh, much to our dismay. But um, I I think that was more of an obligation thing. You bring in a veteran guy, and you're going to have to give him some kind of looks. Now, he wasn't at all bad. He wasn't overly efficient either so I look for those numbers to just keep decreasing especially as they get David Montgomery more comfortable in his role and as Tariq Cohen really becomes more potent too Uh, I think once Trubisky settles in Matt Nagy's also going to settle in and they had a hard time with that Packers defense I I think that you got to give them some credit too yeah believe it or not David Montgomery led the Bears in carries in that game with seven Um, if Mike Davis had six and Mike Davis was actually used a little bit in the passing game, but you know we saw the the one uh, kind of deeper throw into the secondary to David Montgomery over the middle, uh, where he got I think it was an 18 yard gain, and uh, you know looked great, like really looked good, looked sharp with the route running. So hold on David Montgomery, let them get it right. Um, I'm viewing that as the same situation right now as the Eagles with Miles Sanders. I think between the two, you're more happy with how Miles Sanders turned out in week one. Um, He did start the game. He uh, had a touchdown called back. Um, Seemed to be pacing the running backs there. 
So both guys are – Bears, Bears play the Broncos this week too, and if Oakland can put up 24 points on Denver, right. I think the Bears should be able to put up things. Oh, man, and we just saw Josh Jacobs, right? So we just saw Josh yes, Jacobs. Josh Jacobs was very effective. So I think David Montgomery is going to fill that role perfect. The big difference, you know, is the volume, right? I mean, as if, if they can hone in on getting David Montgomery going throughout the game, uh, because, you know, in the first half last night in, in the Monday night game, Josh Jacobs had something like 13 or 14 carries. And then Denver – think they'll be running the football a lot too because that Oakland defense is not even close to being the Bears defense. So, if the Bears have the football a lot, you got to think they're going to try to slow down the game too. I would hope so, man. I mean, it, it seems easy enough. Um, so, what about uh, – you know, let's get into the, your Packers um, – are you are you concerned about the receivers? I mean, Geronimo Allison was a guy who, you know, I think everyone was looking at like, okay, look, David Devontae Adams isn't going to have the best week. We know that, you know, going in the Soldier, Soldier Field week one, uh, great defense. It's not the best matchup. Uh, but so everyone kind of pivoted to Geronimo Allison. Zero fantasy points. How are you feeling about Geronimo? Yeah, it's kind of tough. I mean, that game was just so weird. They couldn't establish a run game, which I think was – the biggest detriment to the receivers because, uh, you know, you try running on first down and you get nothing. So then you're coming up to a second and 10 or like a second and eight. A lot of times there's kind of that scenario and you get into those second downs. And if you miss the first time uh, you get a bad throw, you get a lot of pressure with that bears front that was coming through and Rogers didn't play it all in the preseason. So he was a little rusty looking. And if you're not putting the ball on a dime against that defense, as fast as you're getting the ball out of your hands, you know, you're, you're going to run into issues. And that was putting them in third down a lot of times, and they just weren't converting. So I think that played a large part in the poor production of the receivers. But I, I think Allison will – he'll rebound. Um, I look for – I like for Devontae Adams to get a lot better too. He's got another tough matchup this week against the Vikings. Right. But hopefully, hopefully with having Rodgers a little more on top of his game this week, I think – uh, that'll help him out some. Hopefully he'll get in the end zone. I still took him in fantasy because I thought he'd score a touchdown the other day, but eh. oh, well. he'll be back at home. Um, so you, you should be expecting a, um, you know, an, an increase in production all around for the Packers. I mean, disappointments all over the board for the Packers, Aaron Jones, you know, everyone's screaming about Jamal Williams being on the field. I don't think that's going away, Blake. I don't think Jamal Williams is going away. They like to use him. They like to change the pace. And, you know, Aaron Jones didn't look great um, against that, that defense. I don't expect – I didn't expect him to. Uh, I, I don't think that you could be comfortable playing Aaron Jones uh, against the Bears at any point. Um, he's not a guy who's matchup proof, especially with the way that the Packers use him. That's how I'm viewing Aaron Jones right now. So it's, you know, at home this week, I say, you know, you can play him. Um, we, of course, saw Devontae Freeman last week not have a great game uh, against the Vikings. So, you know, you have to keep that in mind. Um, but it, when it comes to Marquez Valdez-Scantling and uh, Geronimo Allison, so obviously Valdez-Scantling had a couple uh, big plays where they used them. They threw, you know, he had the one 40-yard uh, gain, 66% uh, snap count, and then to Geronimo Allison's 50% share. Uh, are you viewing MVS as the clear number two right now? Or is it just going to change week to week? Yeah, so me personally, I like MVS a little bit more than Allison. I think for me it just comes down to the 
uh, communication between MVS and Aaron Rodgers. They just have a little bit better connection than Allison and him do. We saw that kind of develop late last year. And, you know, I think both these guys are capable receivers, and it's just going to kind of depend on matchups, and it's going to be a week-to-week. Um, and I think it's really going to come down to the big play. So you talked about that 40-yard gain last week. You know, both of these guys are going to be getting three to five receptions any given week. Right. Um, but they could be pushing 100 yards. So that's just the way they play. So let's talk about these Browns. Uh, a little disappointed in Nick Chubb. Uh, I really want to paint the picture of don't panic because the man had 20 touches. And you really uh, don't get that too often uh, in fantasy football when your running back gets 20 touches. Uh, unfortunately, Dontrell Hilliard, in his only carry of the game, uh, vultured the touchdown. So um, he's actually, you know, Hilliard is, uh, he's the pass catching back there, uh, but he's in concussion protocol right now. So I would monitor that. Uh, if he's not able to go for whatever reason, you can feel a lot better about Nick Chubb. But even if Hilliard is there, really, this isn't a panic situation. I think the Titans are better than we thought. And, you know, when you combine that with the Browns hype just kind of coming back to reality um, in, 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 you know, in this ball game, I mean, we saw Nick Chubb not get the kind of, you know, um, they weren't up in this game. <laughs> the Titans had control of this game. And so the Browns couldn't really run Nick Chubb like they wanted to. So um, I think that's what everyone was expecting. That's what I was expecting for the Browns to be up, for Nick Chubb, just get a lot of downhill runs at the end of the ball game. It didn't happen like that. I um, think you could feel okay about Odell Beckham. He had 70 yards, uh, seven uh, catches. Uh, look, this defense isn't bad. Logan Ryan, um, you know, that he's a decent cornerback. Uh, you know, he played with the Patriots uh, for a long time. Um, he, you know, he's – a physical guy. Uh, I think he got a pick in this game. Um, Cameron Wake had a had a safety. You know, we saw Cameron Wake for the first time with the Titans uniform. So I mean, it was tough for for Baker Mayfield. Had a tough day, man. Uh, I think he put he threw three picks on the day. Yeah, three picks. So definitely not a good day. But Monday Night Football, which is also a kind of a ugly scene usually. Right. Uh, but he will be playing the Jets, so maybe it's going to be ugly for the Jets. I, I'm expecting a big day for the Browns' offense again. I mean, they ha they have to do better than they did last week. Uh, you weren't excited about Jarvis Landry, even though he did give you a few catches. Um, but I say, hold tight. Don't panic on your Browns right now. Um, you know, let let Monday night happen. Um, and you know, if they put out the same sort of stinker, then I would start to maybe think about what your options are here. Because Odell Beckham, we know, is locked and loaded. He's going to give you the production. He's going to be a wide receiver, one borderline every week. Um, but then the other guys, it's, it's, you know, we might have to worry a little bit after next week. But I'm expecting a bounce-back game uh, Monday night for the Browns. Um, you want to get into some of these waiver wire guys? Let's do it, man. I'm dying to talk about some of these guys. I've been okay. calling the shot all year, and they're finally doing it. So you want to talk about Jason Witten. That's who you want to talk about. <laughs> yes, and, Jason Witten is my big one. Well, you know, he should be because even though um, Blake Jarwin also called a touchdown, look, Witten called a touchdown. He only had 15 yards, so if he didn't score that touchdown, you're disappointed. But what J Jason Witten did for you in that game was he was on the field 66% of the snaps. 
So he led all tight ends and snaps. He's out there. Um, they like him for his run blocking, obviously. Um, and, you know, that's what Jason Witten has been able to do for Tag Prescott. And when they brought him back, they knew that that's what they were getting was another kind of blocking tight end. Now, we know that Witten is a good pass catcher, too. He's not the same guy he used to be, but look, they're still going to use him. Um, and the way the tight end landscape is now, you could do a lot worse than Jason Witten. Yeah, so the big thing for me, too, is not only uh, what he did last week, which obviously 15 yards is kind of scary. You know, if you don't t- catch that touchdown, you're probably not going to like the result there. Sure. You know, three fantasy points is not going to get it done for you. But that being said, look at how many times Amari Cooper got targeted and Michael Gallup and all these receivers. And you like talk about Blake Jarwin getting a touchdown. That could have easily been Jason Witten's. So very easily could have ended up with two touchdowns in this game. It's not at all unreal to, to think that that might happen. Uh, and he's going to be going up against Washington and Miami the next two weeks. Now week four, he's going to be going up against the Saints. So you might – this might be kind of a short run thing. You might just play him while he's hot and just kind of ride that wave. Uh, that's what we like to do here, ride the waiver wire. So uh, we, these next two weeks like like great opportunities for him. And you got to think that if if they're going into Miami and they get up like Baltimore did, you know, obviously they're going to be running the ball a lot, so a lot of Tony Pollard. But I think they'll also be doing a lot of short throws with – their tight ends just trying to chew clocks. So uh, two big weeks coming up for Jason Witten. Yeah, and, you know, if you were a Jordan Reed owner and you couldn't quite get Vernon Davis for, the, for whatever reason, um, you know, there might have been a situation where you needed this stream. you know. And if, so if you have to play that position, if you're a, a Trey Burton owner, um, you know. So, look, Jason Witten is a good streamable uh, asset in 12-team leagues right now. I mean, that's what he was – you know, when he was playing in the NFL, that's what he is again. Um, so good call on that, Blake. You were definitely on that uh, leading up to the season um, for a long time. Let's get to another tight end uh, who I'm really excited about is Darren Waller, man. And, you know, this guy was on the field for all of the snaps, all offensive snaps uh, for the Raiders. Um, and, look, seven catches, 70 yards. He looked to be a focal point in this offense um, now that, of course, A.B., Um, is gone we saw Tyrell Williams is the wide receiver one he was on the field for 95 percent of the snaps so he is the main guy Derek Carr said it in the press conference that you know he said hey look let's not talk about AB let's talk about you know Josh Jacobs let's talk about our wide receiver one Tyrell Williams but that he said you heard it from the quarterback and you saw it in the game uh, Monday night against the Broncos which isn't the best isn't the best matchup um, you know, against the Broncos, you know, they aren't the defense of the past, but it's still not the best matchup on the board. And Tyrell really thrived uh, in the red zone, caught the touchdown. Of course, his deep ball was there. Um, and Derek Carr, you know, look, people want to hate on his deep ball. It actually is pretty good. Uh, he actually has nice touch on the ball. And historically, uh, you know, statistically, you wouldn't know that he's a great deep ball thrower. But if you watch the game, when he has the time for, for the one deep ball to Tyrell, actually in that Monday night game, he called the audible at the line. He saw the one-on-one matchup and very calmly, he stepped back around a, you know, kind of a chaotic pocket and laid it up for, uh, for Tyrell. I think that's a great sign for Tyrell, uh, but Darren Waller, uh, man, they were using him in a lot of ways, Blake. They were having him inside, outside, 
uh, the short yardage on a screen. Um, you saw him we, uh, used in the red zone. So, look, it's wheels up for Darren Waller. If you waited on him um, in, at the end of the draft and you drafted him, congrats. But he is most likely on your waiver wire, and I would grab him right now. Yeah, I don't want to compare anybody that's more, more or less a no-name player to Rob Gronkowski. Uh, but the way that they used Darren Waller last night reminded me a lot of the way that the Patriots used Rob Gronkowski. And you look at the kind of numbers he was putting up. He had eight targets, seven receptions for 70 yards. If he catches a touchdown last night, he, everybody's talking about him this morning because he's pushing 20 fantasy points from the tight end position. Right. Uh, but, you know, I don't think it's at all unreasonable to think that he can consistently put up 10 to 15 fantasy points if Derek Carr can – play like he did the other night now they're going to be playing the chiefs at home Ooh. so this is an even better matchup this is a great matchup and i actually love tyrell williams in this even more yes uh I, I, I played both of these guys last night and i was very happy i did um they, they absolutely shocked me i knew they'd be good but i didn't think they would get targeted as much as they did uh but both of these guys are pretty quick and obviously Tyrell Williams is going to get some deep balls. So I love his upside, but Darren Waller showed that he's going to get the volume too. Uh, in the preseason, I was looking at him as a guy that probably going to catch a touchdown every other week or so, uh, but probably going to be under five targets a game. Whereas now I'm looking at it like, okay, he can get 10 targets in a game. If he catches six to eight of those, you're going to be having a pretty good, pretty good night from, the tight end that you're getting off of waivers. 100%. And, you know, speaking of uh, Oakland Raider waiver wire uh, pickups, Derek Carr. I mean, look, you said it yourself, that matchup is going to be excellent. Um, we target uh, good matchups and on the waiver wire, uh, you could do a lot worse than putting Derek Carr in there. Um, it looks like a guaranteed bet that, uh, you know, he's going to throw two touchdowns against this Chiefs defense that just allowed two touchdowns to Gardner Minshew last week um you know they were the Jaguars were lighting it up um their receivers were going off Chris Conley who I name I mentioned last week had a great game uh DJ Shark DD Westbrook all three of these guys were used um so I, I could see Derek Carr being a viable option on this on the waiver wire this week um another big play wide receiver Marquise Brown Hollywood Man, did he show out. That, look, he wasn't on the field that much, Blake, but, man, he made it count when he was on there. Yeah, I don't know. He's one of those guys that, you know, we kind of talked about him on the offseason quite a bit, and he was a player that I personally drafted some of, but I was very cautious not to draft too much because I see him as kind of being this boomer bust player. Right. Uh, so I think this week he's probably going to be pretty high owned. I think there's going to be a lot of people seeing him at his price. He's probably going to be still a fairly low price. Right. And they're going to be like, oh, he's going to go off. Well, I don't know. That, that Cardinals defense is not great at all, but they're not terrible. And if they get out ahead, you know, this could be another game where they just run the football. I don't see anybody uh, up by 30 saying, oh, let's – throw to our star player and see if he can not get hurt. You know what I mean? I don't think they're going to try to put him in a situation like that. Right. Uh, it worked out in week one, but I don't think you want to do that on a week-to-week -week basis when he's a guy that's detrimental to your team. So you would and, say 
pick him up for sure if he's on the waiver wire. But oh yeah, no doubt, no but doubt. View, pick but up. view your other options potentially as a flex play, um, still kind of t- tamper expectations. Yeah, so I think I'm picking him up regardless. Yeah. Um, now, if you only have like, say, you only have one spot to to work with. Uh, maybe look for somebody else that, that you have a matchup that you like better uh, because I don't know that I would play him this week, but he's definitely somebody that I want on my team so that I have the option of playing him. Uh, but I was I would guess I was talking more, more in like DFS terms. Sure. Uh, I don't like him as much this week, but as far as season-long stuff goes, we had some people on Twitter talking about him. Uh, definitely you want to get him on your team. He, he's a burner. We saw that 35 yards uh, per target. Now, I don't see those numbers holding up, obviously. He's not going to go for 147 yards on four receptions very often. Uh, but it could work out. Yeah, I mean, it was unreal to see. And then two touchdowns, of course. So he does have one more thing I want to add in. He does have Kansas City week three. Right. So if you don't pick him up this week, somebody is definitely picking him up for that but- you got to pick him up this week. And look, the Cardinals aren't, are a very good matchup. They really are. Without Patrick Peterson still, um, we saw Detroit's receivers uh, have success. Danny Amendola had over 100 yards. Uh, it's, it's still a good matchup. So you have two good matchups in a row, potentially. Um, I'm excited about this Ravens-Cardinals game. Kyler versus Lamar Jackson is going to be very nice. Now, Kyler has a much more uh, difficult matchup. But Lamar Jackson, I mean, we saw that flick. And I believe in that flick. I, no matter what, you can have Marquise Brown on the field for 1% of snaps. He's only on the field for one. I believe that with the speed like that and the arm of Lamar Jackson right now, um, not saying he's going to have all the time in the world, you know, every game like he did against the Dolphins. Um, but, look, you have to really um, – understand that it's just one play that's all it takes we've seen in the past with guys like Deshaun Jackson we know how these players are and Marquise Brown seems to be that guy I would pick him up you know there's a bunch of wide receivers this week Blake that you know we're kind of chasing their points we don't know if it's real or not right I mean it's John Ross we've seen this in the past now now John Ross another waiver wire guy who we have to mention he had a really good game. It wasn't just one play. It wasn't just one target. He was on the field. A.J. Green is not there. And, you know, of course, Tyler Boyd is manning the slot. But the number one option on the outside was your boy, Blake, John Ross. Yeah, we got to see if he'll stay healthy. But he's another guy I'm definitely looking to pick up. His matchups in the next couple of weeks aren't quite as good. Uh, San Francisco week two, I guess that's all right. The Bucks looked awful against him, but – I don't know. I think that was just kind of a fluke. They didn't have a single turnover the whole year last year, and they get three in the, the first game of this season. So, you know, I, I don't see that holding up, but uh, maybe they're better than I'm giving them credit for. And then they have Buffalo and Pittsburgh. So, you know, Pittsburgh's not real great either, but that Buffalo matchup kind of scares me. And honestly, I don't even know if he can stay healthy for four weeks. So I don't want to count my chickens before they're hatched. <laughs> so you know Damian Hillis also on the other side of the ball uh for or Damian Willis I'm sorry uh on the other side of uh the ball there or um the other side of the field uh opposite of John Ross he had 90 percent of snaps okay he only three receptions uh for 30 yards but still a guy that you should be on your radar um if it's between John Ross and him you're going John Ross because you want to see 
if it can hit again, if, if the big plays can hit again, um, the touchdowns. Um, so, look, there's, there's three receivers that come to mind that had really big weeks, right? It's Marquise Brown, it's John Ross, and it's Terry McLaurin. Of the three, if you only had to choose one, Blake, which one are you choosing? Uh, it's going to be Marquise Brown for me, no doubt. Okay. I think it comes down to quarterback play, number one. Uh, number two, when I'm looking at the defenses of both of those teams, uh, I think that the Ravens give them the chance to be competitive in more games. Now, that might be a bad thing because if, they, if the defense does too well, you know, they might have a big lead and they run the ball more. Uh, but that being said, I think that the defense keeps the offense on the field. And with a guy like Marquise Brown, where we're talking about him already getting a limited amount of snaps, a uh, limited amount of targets, you're going to want as much time on the field as you can get regardless of what the score is. Because like you said, he's a one play guy. Uh, kind of like, it kind of reminds me of uh, Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill. Yep. Kind of what we saw in week one here. Uh, and now with Tyree Kill out, this is your chance to have a poor man's Tyree Kill. Yeah. Um, I think between the three, that's really tough. Um, I love the upside of Marquise. I think that all three possess that burner type role. Of the three, I would say Terry McLaurin kind of represents that number one wide receiver more so than the other two. Because when you look at the landscape of the Redskins wide receivers, it's Terry McLaurin, it's Paul Richardson, it's Trey Quinn. Um, that looks to be their trio of wide receivers. Um, I, I think Terry McLaurin is, is arguably the most talented of the three. So, yeah, it's Case Keenum. Um, but eventually, if they keep losing games, it's going to be Dwayne Haskins. And we know that connection, Dwayne Haskins to Terry McLaurin. And we saw it in college. So I'm still eyeing that as potential for even more upside because if you know Terry McLaurin gives you a bad week, uh, you have to expect that, unfortunately, because this Redskins team is so bad. They're playing the Cowboys this week. Not the best matchup for wide receivers. Um, it's definitely not the worst. You, you, could do, you could do a lot worse than targeting the Cowboys. They're at home. Uh, at least we saw the Redskins offense move the ball down the field pretty functionally. I mean, they really were. Case Keenum played well against the Eagles in a hostile environment, so – uh, I would choose Terry McLaurin. I mean, I think with John Ross, right, you got A.J. Green potentially coming back. As soon as that happens, John Ross takes the back seat. So, um, Mar Marquise Brown, love the schedule coming up. You can play him yeah. two games in a row as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think that's what it would really come down to me right now is the scheduling because I think Terry maybe has the better floor and Marquise Brown has the ceiling. Uh, but if you're looking at scheduling, you know, Marquise Brown has that good-looking schedule. And then McLaurin has Dallas, Chicago, and the mm. Giants. So I, I think that I think the Cowboys are actually a tough matchup. They are. You're looking, the Giants only scored 17 points, and that's with having Saquon Barkley to run the football. Obviously, the Redskins don't have that. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't view the Giants as a, as a bad matchup, but the next two weeks, you're right. It's going to be tougher to play McLaurin. Um, so let's get into some of these running backs here. Roheem Mostert. So this is a name we've talked about before. Um, he filled a role last season when his, when his number was called. Um, this is a guy that the 49ers love, by the way, Blake. We've talked about this before. He's one of their best special teams players. So, you know, when this running back uh, core was a little bit more crowded, we could see a path to at least Roheem Mustard being involved because of the special teams. 
Well, now Tevin Coleman is down. The high ankle sprain, he's out. He's going to miss a few games here. Uh, I didn't get a actual diagnosis of how long he would be out. I just saw, saw that he would miss time. So now yeah, it, so it be- says two to six weeks. Whew. So you got Raheem Mostert for a, a little bit. And I would uh, – I think a lot of these – a lot of people are going to target these high-profile wide receivers that had big weeks. They're going to chase those points. Raheem Mostert is going to be splitting a 50-50 workload with uh, Matt Burita in a very good situation. Yeah, so I think if you're talking about uh, like your your fab money, your free agency budget, if a lot of these people, yeah, they're going to be spending 70 to 80% of their budget on guys like uh, Marquise Brown or John Ross. They sure you're going to have some you're going to have some guys throwing money towards Darren Waller, who I still think that would be worthwhile throwing some money there. But yeah. uh, there's going to be people putting big money in those spots. And Raheem Mostert's probably going to fly under the radar, and you could get him for a much lower percentage. Yes. And the thing is, you're talking about, you know, maybe after four or five weeks, he's irrelevant. Uh, but you're probably going to find somebody else at that point anyway that is relevant. And he's got Cincinnati and Pittsburgh, and then a little bit tougher matchup in Cleveland. They do have the week four bye, which is kind of tough when you're breaking down this situation. So right now it's kind of looking like a two-week play. Great. So I'm probably not going to spend very much on him. But, uh, you know, you get two really good weeks out of Raheem Mostert right here, I think. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Uh, I, I'm pretty big on him. Uh, I think he's a, he's a really good player. He's a, he's a bruiser type guy. He can also catch the ball. Um, so, you know, uh, Kyle Shanahan's going to use him. We, we know that. Like, it's going to be those two guys but my name is Jeff. We, we might see some Jeff Wilson, Blake. So, you know, it could be a three-headed backfield. Uh, I think Roheem Mostert is more interesting to me than, than Jeff Wilson right now. Uh, but Jeff Wilson, another name to keep in mind. Um, so let's talk about these uh, Redskins running backs. Darius Geis. Man, I actually called for him. This week, I said he might be this, or last week, I'm sorry, going into week one, I said he might be the steal of the draft because he was slipping in a lot of drafts. People didn't want to take the risk. And then all of a sudden, he was named the starter. He was, you know, Adrian Peterson was a healthy scratch. And now all of a sudden, man, that knee is just not right. He's going to miss time. And we don't know what's going on with this running back core with the Redskins. What's new? We never know what's going on with this running back core, but one guy who's consistent is Chris Thompson. I like Chris Thompson a lot, and he had a really good week for you. You have to imagine these Redskins are going to be down in most games. We thought it was going to be the case this week. It wasn't. Um, I think Chris Thompson is safe. And then, of course, Adrian Peterson is a must-add at this point. Yes, this is kind of tough because, you know, Darius guys kind of seemed like the favorite. Uh and he, he looked good there for a little bit before he got hurt. Yeah, he did. He, I thought he had – I mean, nothing, nothing special, but he looked like – he's like, okay, well, I think he's going to have a good season this year, you know. Like, I've seen enough. Yeah, I thought he had some good bursts. But then so, the thing to think for me comes down to what kind of league you're playing in here. If you're in a standard league, I might lean AP. I'm still kind of worried because if they didn't even want him to start or, like, play much last right. week, um, that shows me that they don't have that much confidence in him, even though he had a great season with them last year. Uh, there's there's got to be something going on there. Now, if I'm in PPR, it's going to be Chris Thompson, no doubt. 
So last week he had seven receptions, and that's that's going to be the norm. So he, he's kind of a Tariq Cohen that's going to give you a lot more on the ground production too. So Chris Thompson's definitely got a lot of upside, and if I'm in PPR, it's him no doubt. If I'm in standard, I'm considering AP. Um, and basically I'm going to be adding whichever one of these guys you can get. Yeah, definitely. I think that you're going to see uh, in any sort of uh, point per reception league, you're going to see Chris Thompson um, being picked up this week. He really should have been drafted. You know, this guy is, is someone who we didn't talk a lot about. Um, it's tough to gauge his health because really he could go down at any time. I mean, it happens every season with Chris Thompson. So, you know, you really should keep that in mind when you do pick him up. But 10 targets, Blake. 10 targets, 7 receptions, like you said, uh, 68 yards. So uh, Chris Thompson is a great player. As long as he's on the field, he's good, he's good for you. Um, so I would snatch him up right away. Adrian Peterson, yeah, I'm not that excited, unfortunately. Yeah, he had 1,000 yards last year. Um, but like you said, they're not even excited about him being – being there um and I, I heard that he was looking to put, potentially be traded um and then the serious guising happened it's like oh well now now they use him i think he's a little bit happier but that that might be a temporary thing you know we, we don't know what's gonna happen with adrian pearson of course there is that i would say upside that he does get traded and goes to a team that maybe is a better offense um that, that could always be the case so something to think about if you're picking up adrian pearson as uh, the fact that he could be traded Malcolm Brown, Giovanni Bernard, Carlos Hyde. Malcolm Brown was used in the red zone a lot. Um, Did he have two touchdowns this week, Blake? Yeah, I think he vultured two of them. Yes. Yeah, they weren't using Gurley. They were not using Gurley in the red zone. Malcolm Brown is the red zone back for the Rams as of right now. I don't know if he's going to get all of the red zone looks, but, man, he, he sure looked good and powerful. Uh, last week, uh, yeah, two touchdowns, uh, 11 attempts, 53 yards. You got to pick him up. This offense is too good to ignore Malcolm Brown as maybe it was just a fluke. Yeah, so between these guys, this is kind of a, a start-sit situation or waiver wire, I guess, uh, from Twitter. <laughs> these four guys, man, it, it's pretty close, I think. Uh, but there's a lot of unknowns with AP, so I think he's the first one to rule out here. Uh, and then Gio Bernard, I don't see them wanting to run a whole lot with him, but uh, this is kind of pending the Joe Mixon news. So they think Joe Mixon's going to be all right. Uh, he suffered, I believe it was a high ankle injury uh, last in this week one matchup. Uh, so if he does miss time, I think you add Gio Bernard, but I don't think he's going to miss time. Uh, Carlos Hyde's going to be the clear winner here for me. 83 yards on 10 carries. He was very efficient against the Saints. And the Saints are a pretty solid defense. So uh, the matchup the next couple of weeks is not good. Jacksonville, Chargers, mm. Panthers, three, like three really tough games. Uh, but I think Deshaun Watson was good enough in the last game that he kept the defense on their heels. They're going to be able to use Carlos Hyde. Uh, saw him use him once last night against the Blitz. So teams are going to have to Blitz Watson once in a while. <laughs> Otherwise, he just sits back there and picks you apart. So when he, whenever he's picking up that Blitz and he's giving it to Hyde, Hyde's getting some really big carries. And that's why you saw 8.3 yards per attempt 
in week one. Hmm. Basically, they were beating the blitz. They were picking that apart. So you're going to get some of these teams like Jacksonville and the Chargers. You got Bosa and a couple of these guys up front that are really good. They're going to want to blitz a lot, and you might see Carlos Hyde burn them. Lamar Miller was way more of an upside play than he was before Deshaun Watson. And it's the same thing with Carlos Hyde. You give him Deshaun Watson and things become a little bit more intriguing from a fantasy perspective. And, you know, Carlos Hyde is the least sexiest name on fantasy Twitter. I thought he looked better than Duke Johnson. I thought he looked better than Duke. I thought there was more burst. There was more decisiveness in his cuts. Um, I don't think it should be a surprise to many that he looked better than Duke Johnson running the ball. Duke Johnson is the better pass catcher, but look, Carlos Hyde is the starter for the Texans. Um, pick him up. You, I think you got You can't leave Carlos Hyde on your waiver wire right now. Um, it, it, it's a he's the starter for a very good offense. But you're right, the matchups aren't great. Revenge game against the Jaguars? I don't know. I'm not. I'm not buying that. <laughs> I'm probably not. I'm probably not playing Carlos Hyde against the Jags, but you know, Geo, look. Gio, you got to pick up too because we don't know what's going on with Joe Mixon. Um, he left very early in that game with the high ankle sprain. Um, like if he's a starter, we've seen in the past, Gio is a great fantasy player when when Joe Mixon's not around. I think that covers up the waiver wire pretty good. If you if you have to go further than those guys, uh, either one, you're in a really deep league, or two, you've had a lot of injuries or something going on. Yeah. Uh, so I think that should cover people pretty well for this week. And obviously we'll keep continuing to expand that as the weeks progress. I like it. So let's get into uh, some of these questions here. Um, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkinson. Um, how are we projecting these two guys, Blake? Both of them had big outputs in week one. Can we expect that sort of ceiling on a week to week basis? And, you know, which one are you believing in as, like, you believe that it was real and it wasn't just a fluke? Yeah, so if you're talking about the ceiling each week, I don't think TJ Hawkinson's going to have that kind of ceiling each week. Um, obviously, he's going to have a pretty safe floor because he's got Matt Stafford. So they're going to look to use him, uh, but I don't see him having that kind, of, that kind of ceiling. Now, with Mark Andrews, I do see him having that kind of ceiling just because of that athlete he is not saying tj hawkinson's a bad athlete by any means but mark andrews is on a whole nother level we've looked at his depth to target last year what was he second second most behind oj howard uh, uh that's right yep and then first but, but technically but, first because oj right. howard didn't quite get enough uh exactly uh, targets so first among tight ends with at least 50 targets yeah and that's as a rookie with lamar jackson as a rookie so you know, I really love his ceiling this year, and he's got some good games coming up. So definitely going to be Mark Andrews for me. Yeah, that is uh, my favorite, uh, I guess, victory lap, if you want to call it, of week one. But uh problem is I don't have him anywhere. I mean, I have him in the Scott Fishbowl, <laughs> which is nice because, man, those you get uh, plus uh, five for every 50 point or 50 yards in that league. And, of course, he had over 100 yards, so that's 10 points right there. Um, Mark Andrews is a beast. TJ Hawkinson, man, he really might be the, you know, the, the anomaly when it comes to rookie tight ends um, because he looked awesome. And Matthew Stafford is utilizing him. 
Um, there was a lot of space in the middle of that field against this Cardinals team. We'll see if that picks up. I think that teams are going to adjust accordingly. Um, so we shall see. I, I think the Cardinals were kind of caught off guard there. But Mark Andrews seems a little bit safer, um, for sure. I, I think they there is a uh, decisiveness in this Ravens offense to want to utilize Mark Andrews right now. All right, so we had a question, a listener question here we wanted to get to before we sign off here. We're going to get into a couple of your start sits, actually, uh, before we do that. So let's talk about this question here, Blake. Um, drop Emmanuel Sanders. So first of all, that's how this question starts, and I'm already tilting. Drop Emmanuel Sanders, Dante Pettis, or Josh Gordon for one of the following, Danny Amendola, John Ross, John Brown, Deshaun, or Hollywood. Look, if you want to drop any of those three, it's got to be Pettis. That's, that's the only thing there is like, because Pettis right now is a hold to wait and see what's going to happen because he didn't, he barely touched the field, Blake. And I'm, I'm worried about yeah. Dante Pettis right now. Yeah, I mean, Dante Pettis is the obvious one for me out of those guys that I would drop. Uh, me personally, I had zero shares of Dante Pettis this year. Wasn't feeling it. Wasn't showing him the love. Uh, you know, it's kind of tough. If you drafted him, you probably paid a pretty decent price with one of your mid to late round picks on this guy. You know, it, it kind of hurts to, to move on from him and pick up one of these other guys already. But I think if you wait, Deshaun Jackson and Hollywood Brown, they're both going to be gone. I personally would probably lean with Marquise Brown, uh, but I love Deshaun Jackson as well. So I'd take either of those two over Pettis. Now, John Brown, I think, has some good upside, but he's going to be harder to predict week to week. <clears throat> so I don't know that I would move Pettis for him. I think that might be a little of an overreaction. Yeah. Uh, and the same like goes it's... for Amendola and Ross. This seems like a 10-team league, maybe. Um, and, you know, the fact that you're even considering – you never drop Emmanuel Sanders. You don't drop Josh Gordon. That's just – you don't do that. Um, and, yeah, I, I would grab of these guys, Danny Amendola, John Ross, John Brown, Deshaun Jackson, or Marquise Brown. If I only had to get one, I would get Deshaun Jackson of all those guys. That That's tough. They're all very similar players. They all had big week ones that you, you know, kind of chasing those points. It seems like Deshaun Jackson um, is going to be the most consistent of like these guys as being like a high. And that's, that's a weird thing to say, Deshaun Jackson being the most consistent. But I think that D-Jax is going to be more consistent than we've seen in the past in this offense. All right, so let's get into some of these uh, in or outs. We're going to talk about some start sit. Uh, predicaments coming up here um, Dak Prescott or Tom Brady if you're in a situation where you have both of these guys or maybe you're uh, you're trying to stream the position this week and maybe Dak is on the waiver wire Brady's on the waiver wire which one are you starting this this week Blake man it's it's honestly kind of tough I'm in this situation with the team I drafted in Vegas last week I started Tom Brady Dak Prescott put up about eight more points so I made the wrong choice, but this week, man, going up against the Dolphins, such a great matchup for Tom Brady. Uh, the problem that I have is neither one of these guys is technically an upside play. They're both safe plays as your quarterback. 
so it's kind of hard for me to choose between those guys because of their floor sometimes. But both of these guys have the ability to go off for 30-plus points in any given game. Uh, obviously, Dak offers you the rushing upside, so that's something to look at too. Uh, but I, I just don't know, you know. I, the Dolphins didn't show any offensive capabilities uh, last week, so I think that Tom Brady's going to have the ball in his hand quite a bit. Uh, I'm going to lean with Tom Brady, although I think it's going to be a very, very close matchup. Yeah, you got to go with Tom Brady here. Uh, the Ravens just put up 59 points on the Dolphins. Um, so you got to keep going, exploit that matchup with the Dolphins. I will say the past has shown that the Patriots played down to the competition with the Dolphins uh, historically. Um, and Tom Brady definitely has disappointed before. And, you know, we're not even sure at this point if Antonio Brown is going to be there which is something that we haven't even talked about. But Antonio Brown is dealing with legal issues uh, with allegations of rape right now. I don't even know what's going to happen with Antonio Brown. The drama continues. Regardless, I feel good with Tom Brady out there. I like his weapons without AB. I like Josh Gordon a lot. I like Philip Dorsett. I think he's a good player. The Patriots like him a lot. They use him, um, you know, they, they use him to his – fullest capabilities in this offense and I love the fact that they got rid of Brandon Cooks and they got the discount Brandon Cooks and Philip Dorsett and they're using them um, and he's very productive when he's on the field um, and of course Julian Edelman James James White um, so yeah I'll, I'll go Tom Brady um, you know the Cowboys are going to be on the road and um, against the Redskins like you said both divisional games both on the road I'll, I'll go Tom Brady Next one here, um, we're going to talk about a couple of these wide receivers. So we have the matchup this week, uh, Panthers and Buccaneers. We got Chris Godwin and DJ Moore. Both had decent weeks last week. Which one are you choosing between the two, Blake? Yeah, it's kind of tough. Uh, Godwin kind of got bailed out with a touchdown. He only had three receptions last week, but there weren't too many people on that team with receptions last week as poor as Winston played. Yeah, I'm looking for a little bit of a bounce back. I don't think that they're going to have a great week by any means, but a little bit of a bounce back. Uh, short week, though, so not as much time to prepare for the Panthers, but uh, I think that they're going to be ready. I think that week one was just kind of a tune-up for them, and I don't think that they were prepared for the 49ers to come out the way they did with that kind of intensity. Uh, so I think they're going to be ready this week. Man, I'm going to lean with Chris Godwin over DJ Moore. I'm going to choose DJ Moore. He had 10 targets last week, seven receptions, uh, 76 yards uh, against the Rams. Um, and now, of course, he's going against the Buccaneers. Now, the Buccaneers' defense looked all right last week. Um, but that offensive line uh, for the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo being very immobile – um, you know, I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, but I'll go DJ Moore. I think that Cam Newton, you know, he has big games usually against uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it looks like that, you know, he's targeting DJ a lot. So I'll go more for the volume play. Um, let's go to a running back um, situation here. Ronald Jones or Duke Johnson. Kind of a disgusting choice here, but both are flex plays right now. Both are going to be flexed. Which one are you playing, Blake? Yeah, it's kind of uh, – <laughs> I 
I feel kind of biased on this one just because I don't really like Ronald Jones all that much. Yeah. Oh, man. This is really tough. You know, both these guys had okay weeks. and Neither of them had absolute beast weeks, uh, but they were both fairly solid. Ronald Jones is actually the floor play here. If I had to put somebody in the flex spot, I would actually probably take Ronald Jones, even though I don't really want to. But that being said, if I'm chasing the home run, I'll probably take Duke Johnson just because he could get a lot of receptions. Um, Especially like if you're in PPR, I would be looking at him there. But they're going up against Jacksonville. So, you know, I think for me it's going to have to be Ronald Jones. I'll go Duke here. Uh, Like you said, the PPR um, upside with Duke Johnson, he's going to give you maybe four to six catches. He had four catches last week. Um, yeah, Jacksonville's tough ma- tough matchup, but I think that Duke Johnson is a little bit safer than a Carlos Hyde this week. Uh, you want the pass catching running back as opposed to the bruiser against the Jaguars. Um, so, but last week, you know, for Duke Johnson, nine carries, um, four receptions. You know, um, that, that's it's decent. It's about as many touches as Ronald Jones had. Uh, but I'll go I'll go Duke Johnson because of the PPR. And, you know, look, even if you're in a standard league, you can still go Duke. I mean, the yards still count for you in PPR. Uh, you know, yards matter. Um, so I would still go Duke, actually, in this, in this matchup. All right. Yeah, thanks for listening to the hot take. Can find a lot of my, um, my rankings this week. I'm going to have my week two rankings um, for the NFC wide receivers. That's going to be on fanball.com. Check those out at my Twitter handle or fanball.com. Twitter is at FFProfessorST3. Um, Blake, you got a lot of DFS stuff going on at FSGN. Yeah, so go over to the FSGN.com or hit me up. Uh, You can hit up our boy Xavier Warner on Twitter. He absolutely killed it last night. 80% win in that Saints game. Made a ton of money. Uh, You know, really, all it takes is, you know, we already had enough winnings on week one of college football to have your entire subscription paid off. And your subscription covers college football and NFL for the whole year for both DFS and betting picks. So, uh, really, as long as you're diligent and you listen to our advice and and play play your lineup smart, you're going to win a ton of money, uh, and we do back that commitment to you too. So we do offer cash back if you're not successful. Uh, if if we are just absolute trash for some reason, uh, <laughs> we will make it right, but we have proven that we're consistent winners, and we do win money for you guys. So uh, be sure to hit me up on Twitter, at BlakeSullivanFF or at DFSGN, or go online at the FSGM.com and you can check us out and subscribe. Fantastic. Yeah. It sounds like a low risk there. I mean, obviously, you know, if you're getting the money back uh, that you put in, if for whatever reason, it just doesn't work out, but look, these guys are proven. Like you said, uh, coach X, uh, Blake, uh, a couple other guys over there at the FSGM. So go check that out. Uh, on behalf of Blake Sullivan, my name is Steve Petroni. This has been the hot take podcast. Bye, everybody.